Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. This is Juliet Lamar, your host, and we have with us today... David Callender. He is the CEO of IP Gold. Welcome, David. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about IP Gold? Well, you know, simply put, IP Gold is an, a digital asset monetization company. So um, most of the digital assets we work with are IP addresses. So it's similar to real estate. Um, we buy large blocks of IP addresses, okay, which everybody needs to connect and run all sorts of services on the internet. Most of the services that you're used to, you know, the Facebooks and the social media and the websites and all the wonderful services we all want to access require IPs. And a lot of the marketing services that are done online for billion-dollar companies uh, over the last 15 or 20 years also need large amounts of IP. So again, similar to real estate, and we buy large blocks of IPs, we subdivide them into smaller blocks and distribute them all over the world. Uh, We then run a set of services and uh, a few strategies we have on them to build up uh, their value, their quality, you know, because a piece of land, for instance, is just a piece of land until you, you know, clear cut it, put a piece of property on it, build a nice piece of property, you know, market it to people, sell it, lease it, 
et cetera. And we basically do the same thing. So we build a set of services on it that our customers are looking for. We then lease it to our customers uh, through various different phases. Uh, and then every couple years, we take a look at those assets and see if on the market, uh, they're meeting the number that we want to sell them for. And we either sell them or we continue to, to lease them through uh, our, our existing or new customers. That's basically what we do. We monetize and maximize the monetization of digital assets. So you're basically real estate agents for the web. Yeah, I mean, you could say that. I mean, it's 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 funny. Someone actually said it earlier that we were, you know, real estate for the internet. And, and in essence, you know, that's what we are. You know, funny thing is they're not building anymore. Um, about 5% of the global supply of IP addresses that are used to run you know, services on the web mostly um, are left, and that's dwindling every day. So they're becoming more and more valuable. The more that you have, the more money you're going to make because they're going to be more desirable for the next 15, 20 years. Now, is there a difference in, I guess my question is, I, I know there's a difference in it, but what is the upside to leasing instead of buying the IP address? What's the upside from, from somebody like, <clears throat> like one of our customers versus buying it? Yeah. Well, for, first off, buying the IP address isn't cheap. And the second thing is, is that the, the typically when someone leases it, they lease it, they lease it for a particular service. Okay. And there are about, you know, most people can come up with five or 10 services that they might run on top of an IP address. But we've come up with about 30 or 40 with a customer base that will basically take those IPs and use them. So they can buy them in the open market if they can find them. You know, the smaller amount of IPs, the, the price can be as high as $30, $35 an IP. Um, we can buy them in very large quantities at much smaller prices. And at the same time, we have 30 or 40 services that we run across those IPs for different customer sets we have. So for them, they don't keep the IPs necessarily for a long period of time. They might cycle them through every six months or a year, or sometimes every three months. And what we do is provide those services to them for those three months. And then we have a bunch of other customers who will use them for the next three months, the next six months, the next nine months, even up to three, five, 10 years. And what kind of so, services are you referring to when you say that you provide services on the, uh, the websites? What kind of things are you implementing? Well, so anything that you do online requires an IP address, okay? And a lot of those services, so for instance, search engine optimization, search engine marketing. Now, to build a good search engine optimization, search engine marketing farm that allows you to market effectively, which com companies are always looking for, requires what we call the thousand points of light, okay? Which means you may have to be coming from many different places for the search engines to basically see that you are getting the frequency and reach out into the organization, into the general internet, okay? So you're building, you're building your own infrastructure, if you will, from a marketing perspective. And it really works very well the more disparate and different IP addresses you have. On the other side of that, you know, if you want to watch your Hulu and your Netflix when you're overseas, like where I am now, you need some IP addresses, okay, to do that, to anonymize yourself from where you're coming from. If you want to 
have a, just a normal proxy to anonymize yourself or a virtual private network to feel more secure when you're online, you need a lot of IP addresses to do it right to provide your customers the security uh, and the confidence they feel that we're going to have a secure network. Um, social media marketing is all done um, using lots and lots of IP addresses. And I mean, I could go on and on and on the number of services that need IP addresses and need them rotated, you know, every few days or um, uh, or, or need lots of them. And, and it, at the end of the day, the simplest one is that there are many, many, many growing cloud uh, cloud providers and companies that need IP addresses every day and can't get them because the companies, the what I call the quasi-governmental companies that control the allocation of IP addresses around the world, they're all so limited in the amount of IP addresses they have left that they've limited every company to only a specific amount of IP addresses that they can basically own under that company. So they need to find other sources to get IPs from. So they, you know, we have many, many companies that call us every day looking for IPs to expand just their network services, to expand having a new customer on the network, to expand having new servers for customers to buy. The list goes on and, and on and on. Yeah, yeah, I can tell you're it's a it's a super broad amount of things that you can offer and that people need. Not everyone needs the same things. Right. Um so yeah. what really sets what really sets you apart from other companies that might be doing this? Well, again, so the difference is, you know, I've I've been working in this industry for 30 years. I've been working in it before there was an internet. I'm an old telco guy. And you know, people used to say, you know, what separates your telephone which sounds the exact same as the guy down the street who's doing the exact same thing or AT&T. And the answer is, it's a combination of constantly growing and understanding the different things that the IP addresses can be used for, not getting pigeonholed into one, two, or three things, which tends to happen with other companies that tend to do this work. They tend to find a niche and they just really wedge into that niche. They go after that niche, and they might find another one when that one stops, stop, you know, stops giving them money, and then another one. We actually go the other way. Instead of trying to go completely deep into one niche, we go pretty deep, but we go very wide. We constantly look at uh, at new services and, and new products that the customers are looking into, that the customers want from us uh, to be able to provide to them. So I think our our secret sauce is that we have a lot of different services that we can provide on these IPs and a lot of ways to grow the value on the IPs where typically guys in the industry, you'll go to them and they say, we only do this, this, and that. So we're a little bit more dynamic, a little more well-rounded in what we can provide. Even though we all may very well provide the same thing, which is IP addresses, we can provide a lot more value on top of those IP addresses. Absolutely. So when someone is coming to you and they want to rent and lease some IP addresses from you, uh, how quickly can they get set up? Can you walk us through that process? Well, I mean, there are, you know, it all depends on what the customer is looking for. We have services, you know, through our various, you know, owned partners and subsidiaries and groups we work with where a person wants one IP for, you know, for their web surfing privacy for a proxy. And that can be set up in a matter of minutes, right? 
then I it goes all the way up to customers that come to me that that say I need a thousand IPs from a hundred different data centers uh, in five markets, which takes me you know a couple of weeks to set up or a week to set up. So it all really depends on what the customer is looking for and how complex the setup is for them. I just had an individual come to me and say, look, I need um, for you know a network that he was building. He needed to be in twelve different data centers and it took me, you know, a week. Um, but then there was somebody that came to me the other day and says, I need, you know, five different IPs on one server so that I can, you know, connect to it and, and proxy for my various other servers to keep them secure. And that took me three hours. So it all really depends on the volume and the complexity and the diversity that people want. And one thing exactly. we found out here is that nobody wants vanilla. <laughs> you know, they all want Rocky Road and, you know, Rainbow Crunch. So, you know, a lot of my tech savvy friends, you know, they'll use proxies or, or different IP addresses and things to try and get done what they want, especially when they're traveling overseas and whatnot. A lot of times they can do this service for free. What is kind of the argument for paying for it instead? Well, you know, with free services, it's always the same thing. You get what you pay for free legal advice, yeah. free business advice, you get what you pay for. And while on the surface, over time, they all tend to look pretty decent and pretty well, you have to ask yourself, what is the person providing the IP address getting out of it? I mean, mm -hmm. they're not going to, you're going to be using their bandwidth, you're going to be using their IPs, you're going to be using their infrastructure all for free. No, what most people don't know is that those guys are collecting data all the time, okay? They're collecting you know, to do it, they collect an email address, they collect uh, content information. And a, a report just recently, a couple of reports actually have come out in the last couple of years, that have started to look into VPN services and how insecure a lot of them are, and particularly the ones that offer IPs and services for free, their security tends to be rather lax. Um, because the cost of having that security and the bandwidth associated with it is far more expensive than a free IP is. The other thing is when you take a look at free uh, VPN services, they tend to be restricted in terms of the type of services you can connect to. Okay, so a guy says I'm going to use a free IP or a free proxy to connect to Hulu and Netflix or some content that he wants to watch from his home country overseas. And he finds out that after a day or two, that free IP doesn't work anymore. Or mm. it never worked in the first place to Netflix, but worked fine to Hulu. Okay? Um, the one thing you get from a paid service is a guarantee that if you're paying, it, it has to work. If you're, if you're providing a service to somebody, for whatever reason, the service has to work or the money has to get refunded or the IP needs to get changed. Guys that have free IPs, they're like, oh, well, you know, go find another one. So again, you get what you pay for. It's there, they're there, but you know, you get what you pay for. Exactly, and that makes sense. I mean, when you look at it from that standpoint, you know, the amount of effort that you are taking to chase down these new IPs if they stop working or if they only work for one service and you have to have multiples, the amount of time you're putting into that, you have to weigh right. that with, with, with the cost analysis of, of what you're providing. And the, and the cost of privacy, really, you don't, you don't know for sure what they are taking from you. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> so IP Gold has a token sale going on. Is that correct? We do. We do. We've, uh, we're currently in our public ICO. 
Um, what we're do we have a funding event for uh, we're offering 13 million tokens out of a hard cap of 20 million for our ICO, you know, with bonuses. Um, and uh, uh, that's going to go on until the middle of June. Uh, right now, um, we have extended our bonus periods because uh, uh, we we we're dealing with some uh, some elongation of our of our integration with our platform partner Comsa out of uh, out of Europe. Uh, but uh, it's going well, and uh, it, it, but it can always be better. So um, yeah, we'll be up for the, like, the next 40 days or so. Excellent. And what type of currencies do you expect? What kind of coins? Well, we right now it's Ethereum. So we're rolling the currencies out due to wallet integration. So right now it'll be Ethereum and Bitcoin, and then it'll be NEM, and then the Comsa CMS token, and that is specific to Comsa, and uh, um, it's uh, it's been doing pretty well, holding its own in the market. Um, we're happy to say that uh, when the uh, launch of IP Gold was announced on the 26th. Um, their token went up 33% in the market. So um, obviously uh, somebody liked this. Uh, so that was good. That was good to see. So uh, yeah, we basically the standard standard uh, standard coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then NAM will probably be near the end of the week, and Comsa at the CMS token at the same time. Oh, very very nice, very nice. And is there a minimum buy-in or a maximum? Minimum buy. Well. There's no maximum. The minimum buy-in is 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 fifty dollars simply because we want want everybody to get the opportunity to to take advantage of the token sale and also take advantage of the of of what the tokens the things that the tokens offer, um, which we think is kind of is is definitely unique in this business. Um, our our token we are an asset security token. Okay, so we are raising money to basically buy IPs. And to fund our operations, to base, to scale an already operating, proven, profitable uh, uh, business. Okay, we actually already operate. We already know exactly what we're going to do with the IPs when we get them. There's nothing we have to build. There's nothing we have to. There's no market we have to figure out. We have customer contracts already asking us, and we actually have provider contracts already willing to sell us the IPs. So basically, we're raising money uh, in the ICO. Uh, to do that, to run the operations, and also to integrate the blockchain uh, and smart contracts to be able to manage all of the assets on the blockchain and manage uh, the security of those assets. So our, our particular token, while it is a security token, what's important is that our smart contracts, um, instead of you know applying an IP address to a token, like a lot of utility companies do, we want people to share in the entire revenue of IP Gold. So what the token gives you is it, it gives you, in essence, uh, security that you, when you bought the token, okay, from us, it is it goes into the group of, of tokens that we have, and then we offer every quarter we offer a 20% gross revenue share to a token holder, okay, and on the back end. We have a third-party fiduciary that we use to secure the tokens in our smart contracts and to secure the tokens along with the IP addresses in our smart contracts. So, for instance, if for any reason, and nobody ever knows why, if we go insolvent or something happens to the business, this fiduciary is actually allowed to take the IP addresses to turn around and sell them in the secondary IP trading market 
and turn around and pay back the token holders that are listed under the smart contract. Okay, so we have an actual guarantee on the asset side, uh, which nobody on nobody is offering right now at all. So the 20% quarterly gross revenue share and the asset downside protection are two uh, very unique things in our token that we offer when we give when we uh, give people IPG tokens. Absolutely. I mean, the security of of knowing that you're guaranteed to get your money back is, yeah, like you said, unheard of in this world mm-hmm. currently. Well, it's, it's primarily fantastic. because we, no, and we basically we we basically had a decision to make. You know, everybody was talking about utility tokens, and you know, typically from a utility perspective, you are pre-buying into something. Okay, so you would be pre-buying into. Um, using the token on a platform to pay something, even though the token, the platform had to be built, which might take six months to a year. And then most of them had a moratorium that said, you can't use the token for the first six months we have the platform online. We only accept cash, right? And we looked at that and said, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And in our business, the biggest issue they run into is that some IPs that you're going to acquire will perform better or worse than other IPs. So if I were to attach a token, like a utility token, directly to the asset purchased with those tokens or with the money from the investment, you know, you holding IPG might not perform as well and get a revenue share as well as my IPs are attached to my token, right? And that that mm-hmm. that causes lots of problems and doesn't work. So what we decided is this is this is an asset security. And the way we're going to provide security to the token holder is we're going to put it in a smart contract and we're going to use a third party, very similar to an escrow. We're going to use a third party that has in the contract, if we don't pay fees or if we, for whatever reason, go insolvent, you know, we're unable to operate the business, that third party in the contract has the ability to go in, grab the IPs, turn around to the very robust IP trading market right now, sell them and then turn around and look at where all the tokens are issued and pay the money back first to the investors, then to the uh, uh, advisors and ultimately if there's anything left back to the management. So that's our transparency. That's that's excellent. So I have have one last question. Uh, If we have some listeners out there who might have IP addresses that they're sitting on that they would like to sell to you. Do you accept people pitching you IP addresses? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I'm negotiating a deal right now for a gentleman that has a million dollars worth of IP addresses, and that was his value that he's giving to us. And to us, you know, money is important. It always is because you need the money to do some operations. You know, unfortunately, you can't, you know, it, it's kind of like doing the same thing. You can't necessarily buy you know, buy a whole bunch of things with Bitcoin or Ethereum, and you can't buy anything with just an IP address. So you, you need real money to, you know, you need the actual cash to be able to, to operate. But we definitely want people who have IPs, we're definitely open to to uh, to looking at them and deciding if, if that can be part of their contribution to, to our token sale. Because that's what we're getting the money for to begin with, is IP. Wonderful. So several different ways to contribute. What is the, the best way to connect with you? Is it social media? Is it through your website? Um, you know, we have we have our Telegram channel. Um, you know, if you we have 
we're on Bitcoin Talk, we are, we're on Medium, we've got, you know, the website has all of our channels on it at uh, just ip.gold. Um, we'll give you all the channels and all the information we have. We have our, we have our Twitter account. We're, we're pretty much wherever you need to be. Um, and, but it's easiest to just go to ip.gold. All the information is there, the white paper, the video, um, all of our FAQ, and we're on there all the time. We're ready to answer questions at any time. Wonderful. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us and letting us know all about IP Gold and the exciting things that are coming up for your company and all the different ways we can get involved. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. That was David Callender. He is the CEO of IP Gold. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.